0: Have your Bible turn to Exodus, third chapter. Exodus, third chapter. We'll begin reading at verse seven. Beginning of your Bible, it goes Genesis, then Exodus. We'll be picking up at the third chapter, starting at uh, verse 7. God's word says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster. For I know their sorrow." And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jezbuzites. Now, therefore, behold, The cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression where the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I? that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. Going to be dealing with the thought this morning, the call of Moses. And Moses' response to the call was, who am I? Being called or being chosen is being done across playgrounds across the country. Children getting ready to play a game. They want to be called upon. They want to be chosen. And they all want to be chosen first. Because when you're chosen first, they choose you in priority, saying, I think you're better than everybody else. And you might have been, sort of like me, the shortest of the bunch. And so oftentimes they picked you last. And sometimes, telling the truth, you didn't get picked at all. And it hurt. When you are not chosen, when you were not called or when you are not picked on. And maybe you might be that child in class that does your homework again, always know the answers and you always raise your hand waiting for the teacher to call on you. And the teacher knows you know the answer but so they call on somebody else and you get hurt. But you raise your hand again because you just want to be called on. You want to be chosen. Moses was chosen. But yet, when he was chosen, he said, who am I? You see, Moses now is 80 years old. Moses at first wanted to help out his people when he was 40 years old. 40 years has passed by. Days came and days went. Times of remembering when he was in Pharaoh's house living the good life, had luxury, had education. Then it said that one day when he was a full 40 years old, Moses went out and saw his brethren in trouble. And he decided to help them out. But the way he went about helping them out wasn't really help at all. Because in hindsight, everything's always 2020. 20. but at the time, Moses thought he was helping his brother out. Hey, uh, 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 this Egyptian is oppressing you. These are the oppressors. You are the oppressed. I eliminated the oppressor. You should thank me. And so the next day, he goes out to his brother, and they say, hey, y'all fight amongst each other now. Huh? Stop this. And it says the one who was wrong corrected him. You going to kill me like you did the Egyptian the other day? And Acts and, and, and 7th chapter, uh, verse 25, it says that Moses thought they would understand that he was going to redeem them. You see see here, Moses was called by God, but Moses was moving before his call. So I can see how Moses now say, I'm 80 years old and now you call on me? Imagine you're at your place of employment and you want that raise, you want that promotion, and they never give it to you. So you go ahead and retire. You're your retirement life. You're living out in Florida or Arizona, and 20 years later, they give you a call say, hey, we want you to be the president. And you're like, who am I? Why now? How come you're calling me now? You see, we all want to be called when we think we're ready. But will you be ready for the call when you are ready? You see, in order for us to be used by God, it's going to take sacrifice. Tell somebody it's going to take a sacrifice. What is a sacrifice? A sacrifice is something you have to give up. Something you have to Give up. Now, you have people in marriages talking about how they sacrifice for their spouse. I could have been a doctor. I could have been a lawyer. I I could have done this. That's not a sacrifice. That's a what if. You didn't give up anything. You just didn't do it. I'm not trying to talk about it. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. A sacrifice is that I was in school, I pulled out. I was the CEO, but I stopped. That's a sacrifice. How can you give up what you don't have? So I, I can say to my mother and father, if it wasn't for sis, mom, I'd be a doctor. My mom looking at me said, you never tried to be a doctor. So you can't say it wasn't for this because I never went there, so therefore it's not a sacrifice, but I can say that I left my jobs to go to other jobs. I gave up something to gain something, but it takes a sacrifice. Now you say, why he's he spending all this time on sacrifice? Well, let's look at Moses. Moses is found here in the wilderness, but before he was in the wilderness, he was in a palace. Acts chapter verse 22 talks about how he had education of all wisdom and knowledge of the Egyptians and he was powerful in, in action and in speech. Moses was trained of the Egyptian way he, and he was being trained to be a leader because why he was in pharaoh's house and so moses had all this knowledge all this wisdom and he saw his brethren in trouble and and moses decided, instead of me living in luxury i would like to suffer and redeem my brethren so he decided trying to help out his brothers but the brothers did not receive his help because moses was ahead of his time sometimes we get caught up with our great ambitions with our great ideas And what we think we ought to do, we go ahead and do it, and we fall flat on our face. And and then we think that everybody should understand what we're trying to do, but you don't know what you're doing anyway. You see here, Moses was trying to help out his people, but yet he was only helping out two. I want you to understand when God makes you for something, and he has made you for something, He's you for something big and great. Moses was aiming too small. Too small. God will say, I want my whole people let go. Not just two people fighting in the hood. I want the whole group to be let go. Not just two, but maybe two million Not just those brethren, but the brothers and the sisters and the children. I I want them all to be let go. But Moses was ahead of his time. He was not called by God yet, but he had a call on his life. You have a call on your life. You're probably waiting to see when I'm going to fulfill this call. My question is, when are you going to start fulfilling your call? When are you going to start studying? When are you going to start praying? When are you going to start trusting God instead of trusting somebody else to come and put you there? How are you going to work to get there? See, Moses failed in his attempt. Have you ever failed before? Falling on your face and you will have a choice to give up or to push on. Moses fell on his face. And he gave up and he pushed on. How how, how did he give up? He feared his life. He left and went into the wilderness and gave up his dream, his passion of redeeming his people. How, How is that? Well, he decided to deliver them, but when it didn't work, he fled. He feared his life. And he fled. It said the the king, the Egyptian, heard about what he did. They wanted to kill him. Moses got wind of that, and he fled. And now he's in the wilderness. But yet while he's in the wilderness, I can see how God was working in him. You see here, before Moses was arrogant and prideful, I, I can't help you out right now. I'm strong. I'm smart. And even that, you see that when he went into the wilderness, when he saw uh, the, 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 the shepherdess, the, the women, trying to feed their flock, they were attacked by men. He beat them all. I mean, Moses was an arrogant, boisterous young man. He could come out and take care of business. And so Jephthah said, hey, you know, hey, where's this mess? They went and got him, and then he, he married and he had the good life, retirement life. Here I am, a shepherd now, here in the wilderness, but yet he has been softened. His pride has come down. His humility has come down. How do I know his humility came down? When God called him, Moses replied, who am I? That's humility. He could have said, oh, yeah, I, I've been waiting for this time. I, I'm ready for this. But no, he said, uh, who am I? Also, it could be a sign of insecurity. Times you fail in opportunities of life, you you thought you had it, but when you fail, you just don't think you can make it. it. It got hard on you, so you already given up, and you don't see how you can make it. But yet, if God has called you, He will provide for you. Moses said, "Who am I?" God replied, and Moses said unto God, "Who am I, and I shall go into the Pharaoh, and I shall bring forth the children of Israel?" And, and he says, certainly I will be with thee. Mm. God said, and certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee. You see here, Moses was given an excuse, who am I? God said, don't matter who you are. It matters that I will be with you. Catch this. You have been called out by God, but God has not placed you there alone. He will be with you. And this is a testament here, because the first time Moses hears this, it's repeated over and over again. We get excited when we read in Joshua. God said, just as I told Moses, I will be with you. God is faithful to his promise, to his purpose, to the call being done. So see here, we have to wait for God's voice, not man's voice. When Moses decided to go, it was the wrong time. He didn't have a good plan. He decided I'll take out one by one and I might get the job done. Nah. God told Moses the plan. Look, you will go to Pharaoh and my people, plural, will be sent out. But now, see, in the call here, Moses is told by God that it's going to be hard. That Pharaoh's heart will be hardened, and it won't be an easy conversation. And it's going to take some time. And Moses sacrificed all the riches and luxury that he had to go into the wilderness. He had a comfortable life. He had children, y'all. He had a wife. He had a family. He had an easy way of living. Now he's being called to go back to Egypt. That's another sacrifice. Have you ever moved from, from, from your comfortable surroundings? You left your loved ones and kindred to go to a strange place? To, to Maybe it was off to college for the first time. Or maybe many of you had Caterpillar call you out or silk or another place of employment called you out and you moved from where you knew to a place you did not know. Or you might have heard about the rumors. I I don't want to be in that city. It's rough out there. It's hard out there. I don't I don't want to go there. Moses was fearful of going back there. Moses had a whole lot of things of reason why he said, God, uh, the people there are going to try to kill me. God, I don't know all of them are dead now. <laughs> you can go on back, more. but but God, I I I I I who am I, they Look, I will be. With you, Moses said, but, but God, uh, I'm not eloquent in speech. God said, did I not, not make your mouth? So he said, well, God, uh, who are you that I'm going to go? I am who I am. That's who you tell sent you. But God, still, I'm not ready to go. Well, God said, look, man, sit, your brother's going to come on out. You see, when God calls us, he will surround us with resources to get it done but are we still looking at our own inadequacies oh i can't do this oh i cannot make it oh i don't have enough god can supply and make up for what you are lacking moses had all kind of excuses and god gave him all kind of solutions <laughs> See, I, 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 to me, I see this relationship with how God is so genuine with us. Think about how, how we try to do things our way and we mess up and we make excuses of how it doesn't work out. But yet when we come to God and say, Lord, I see the plan. I need to know how can I get it done. I, I feel weak in this area. So God said, look here, I will supply you with some comforts to help you out. But you see here, God supplied the comforts with, with, with Aaron, with the staff, With a letter, I'll be with you. But yet through it all, it was God doing the work through Moses. You catch this? You see, oftentimes we don't lose sight that, yeah, you may have a nice house, a nice job, a nice computer. You may be able to read very well. You may be able to type real fast or add up things real good or you are real good in leadership and managing. But yet through it all, it was God has blessed you. And has prepared you and has given you all that you have in order to be successful in life. So don't say because I did this on my own. God has put things in your life that you probably didn't even ask for. But he gave it to you anyway in order to help you to get where he wants you to be. And the problem is that we don't know oftentimes where he wants us to be until it's the right time. moses was just chilling in the wilderness you go back early in the third chapter it said he saw a burning bush all of a sudden something caught his attention and it caught him so good he had to go check it out and and i like the part when he gets there god tells him stop take your sandals off you are standing on holy ground you see here God calls us to a holy purpose, and we have to surrender to a holy God. And when we surrender to a holy God, a holy God who had, that has all power will give you all the power you need to get the job done. Now, many of you are thinking, well, I, I'm not going to be leading a multitude of people. I, I, I'm not trying to liberate anybody. Uh, how God going to do this in my life? Well, Jesus told the Pharisees and Sadducees that who the son says free is free indeed. And they thinking, we haven't been slaves. We're already free. We are so liberated oftentimes that we forget the bondage we're in. Slave to sin. Slave to a wicked tongue. Slave to a prideful heart. A lustful heart. Some of y'all need to watch out. Some of you are slave to an unrepentant heart. Can't tell somebody when you're wrong. Can't never say, I'm sorry, till a week later. Can't tell them I messed up until they finally realize you messed up. They say, oh, yeah, I did do that. Realizing that there's things that we're a slave to, we're accustomed to, that only when we submit to God we can be set free. Moses had a prideful situation amongst him. He thought he was great. He said, I thought they would understand that I come to redeem them. I I thought the people knew I'm on their side, but he had to be broken. Have you had to be broken before? Brokenness comes in different ways, in failure, in disappointments, in heartache. See, Moses realized, God, I, I thought I was doing it then, but God said, look, I'm calling you now. Sometimes we have to wait on the call of God. And, and, and catch this, Moses was called by God. And Moses responds to God, who am I? You see, oftentimes you don't know how great you are. You don't know your story when you're just eight years old, do you? Think about it. Did Martin Luther King know that he was going to be a great person and have a day named after him when he was playing out in the sandbox? Did Mother Teresa think that she was going to change the world upside down, going into India to helping out those who are poor and enfranchised? Did you think she was going to be on billboards now where everybody's going to talk about Mother Teresa? Or, or did you think that maybe a, a doctor, maybe I'm going to give you a little history, Dr. Daniel Williams will be remembered for being the first doctor to successfully perform open-heart surgery, and he was an African-American doctor. I want to talk about him for a moment. The reason why he was the first was he realized that there were black patients that weren't getting preferential treatment. So he decided to open up his own school, And his own hospital. Now, this is way before this man comes into the hospital. But he realized, like, look, I can make a difference. Do you understand that God has made you to make a difference? That God did not make you just for yourself, but to help somebody else? You see here, Moses thought that his life was done, that all he had was his family, but God has called him to a greater purpose. I want you to know you can look in your house and you can look around in your neighborhood, but I want you to think this, that, God, you're bigger than this. And since, God, you're bigger than my house, than my neighborhood, than my city, God, how can I be used for a big purpose? I I got a few amens here. Maybe you like looking small. Will stay in small things. You will go crazy being in small things. I, I guarantee you, you'll, you'll learn claustrophobia if I put you in that closet. You stay there for all your life. You want to get out that closet. But maybe some of y'all might have your bed and sleep in there all day and miss out on opportunities. But when you wake up, and I guarantee somebody open up that door to you, be, you'll be like that little chick that came out the egg. Was in that, it was in that darkness all that time. And when that hash, he said, I knew there was more to life than this. You might just wake up and realize there's something more to life than this. And so the doctor decided, I'll make up my hospital, start out with a few nurses, and it grew. And start out with just a few doctors, and it grew. And he hired casters, not only white doctors, but black doctors. He was an equal opportunity employer before they were giving it to us. He didn't say, I would treat you like you treat me, but I will treat you in the way every patient, every doctor should be treated. And by him doing so, he made history. You see, when you allow God to use you and you open up beyond your own comfort level and are willing to make sacrifices, you think it was easy to start your own hospital and your own practice? He was risking going bankrupt, but yet yeah, he said, No, I've got a vision. I, I have a purpose. I I have a dream. What is your dream? Some of us are still sitting on that first chapter of that book you said you were going to write 20 years ago. Some of you are still sitting down on that song you wrote that you said you was going to publish. Some of you might be still talking about how you're going to go back to school to get your education, but you never got close to filling out an application. You see, you have to move towards it in order to achieve it. And yes, you're thinking, but if I go to school, it's going to take time. Well, that's called a sacrifice. You got to give up to go up. Think about it. If you're on a ladder, how do you get up to the top? You got to let go of what you're hanging on to and risk moving up. I, I was at and play, and I, and I, and I climbed the mountain. And and I, once I got towards the top, I started getting scared. said, I'm safe right here, but if I let go, I might fall. But in order to get to the top, I had to let go of my comfort level and risk just going just a little bit higher. And then when I got that grip, I pulled myself up and said, oh, this is not half bad." And I saw the bell. so I'm going to make it to that bear. I'm going to ring that bear. I, I'm not going to lose this fight. So I kept on climbing up the mountain. I want you to understand that sometimes we get in the valley and we look at the mountain and we think, I just can't make it to the top. But you just got to climb on up the rough side of the mountain. And once you get going, it starts getting easier and easier. Momentum picked up. It's quicker to keep on going than it's for you to stop and start back up. You think, think about it. Anybody run a race? You start off, if you stop, you already lost. Even if you're out in first, you stop. I don't care how fast you are. You start and you let somebody catch up, guess what? They're going to still beat you. I I play with the kids in relay races. I give them a head start. But once I start running, I don't stop because they're going to beat me. I give them a head start, but I still win. But if I stop. In the middle of the race, they beat me. Why? Because it's hard for me to pick up my speed again and get back to that full velocity and pass them by. That's what we got to realize that, Lord, I'm going to keep on pushing on. I realize it's going to be hard. It's going to be rough. But, God, you told me you'll never leave me nor forsake me. You told me that I will be with you at all times. I, I, I realize I got inadequacies like Moses with my tongue. But God said, look, I made you. I formed you. You, you were created for a purpose such as this. You need to grab on to this. realize that God does not make jump. Forget what other people say about you. If I listen to what everybody said about Samuel Thomas Duran, Samuel Thomas Duran would not be standing in front of you right now. What I heard about me. Stupid, ugly, slow, can't jump, can't run, you can't play football, you can't jump higher than me, you're too small. But yet, let me give you my credentials. I can't beat you in running, but I'm running with the eighth grade level because I'm faster than you. I can't beat you in jumping. Stand still. I'm going to jump over you. You can't beat me in football. That's all right. I still weigh less than you, but I scored a touchdown. On a 25, yard all run. Shook everybody in the place. That's my mama. You can't do this. You're not a leader. People came to me in college asking me to lead their organizations. All this time in high school and in grade school, people tell me what I could not do. But through that time, I kept on hearing what I could do. What could I do? I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, people say it's impossible, but I heard Jesus say with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. I heard people say oh you're too weak but I heard the Lord say that when I am weak ha, then I am made strong in him I'm glad that I don't rely on people and their speech but I rely on the word the word the word the word that has became flesh the word that walked on this earth the word that said Lord I will be with you until the end of times that same word that spoke to me and guess what it's still speaking to me is the same word you can call on right now. You say, Father, I'm in the wilderness like Moses. I, I've given up all my dreams. I, I don't think I can make it anymore. I, if I go back to where I came from, people are going to talk about me, but I want you to take a time out and just think you just might have to go back To where you came from. So you can help out those that are where you were to go to where you're going. I got a few people. Moses left his brothers and kindred in bondage. And he was in the wilderness just minding his own business. But there was a burning bush because God heard the cry of his people and since he heard the cry of his people, he decided, Moses, it's now time. I'm going to send you back to your brothers and sisters. They're crying out to me because of the bondage they're in. Their taskmasters are being hard on them. You have ran away. You became free. But Moses, I don't just want you to be free. I want everybody to be free. I'm glad that God loves the whole world. I'm glad because it says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. I'm glad that God loves the whole world because He did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. And since He loved us so much, He heard all of our cries. He heard me, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but God said, That's all right, I'm going to send Jesus. and when Jesus showed on up uh, and on the scene, uh, I remember him talking to his disciples saying, you believe in the Father? Guess what? Also believe in me because in my Father's house, uh, there's rooms of many mansions and, and I go to prepare a place for you so that when I come back, you can be with me. You see here, God might be sending you back to help out somebody so that they can make it into the promised land. Uh, they may they need to hear your testimony how you were delivered from what you were delivered from uh, they may need to hear how god bless your marriage how they can bless yours uh, they may to hear how god help you raise your children help them to raise their children they may be coming to the mothers and the mothers teaching young girls how to grow to be awesome women of god they may be coming to the men learning how to be fathers learning how to be men in society you see you might have to go back to where you came from guess what? People still will be talking about you. But if you believe that, guess what? Jesus will too. Huh. Do you believe that? Uh, I can see Jesus right now saying, look at Sam. Huh. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. He doesn't say, that's my boy. Huh. I'm glad that we are heirs to the kingdom of God. We all are children. Is God telling you, that's my daughter? That's my son? Good boy? Good girl? Is he saying that to you? Because when you're obedient, you can see change happening in your life. When you're obedient, you can see how, like Moses, you can go where you came from and realize that God has given you authority. That God has given you power. And no man that stands against you will prosper. But God can take you in and he can bring you out. So, what has God called you to do? Were you scared of going to face? There's no need to be scared anymore. Because, and we know that God works together all that is good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So, whatever you're going through, God's going to work it out for your advantage. But are you trusting in Him? Are you walking by faith and not by sight? I'm going to close with this. Moses saw nothing but opposition against him. He saw nothing but failure before him. He said, what if they don't listen to me? What if Pharaoh doesn't listen to me? Who am I? And God kept on assuring him, look, I'm with you. I'm with you. I want you to know God is with you. Do you know Jesus? Because when you know Jesus, there's nothing to fear. When you know Jesus, you have peace. When you know Jesus, you have light when it's dark. When you know Jesus, you have eternal life.